Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage, on 620 CKRM. Of the Monday Sports Cage, Brennan McGuire and Pete Pasco for ConnexusArtCenter.ca. Still ahead in this edition of the program, Emma Miskew, who's the third on the Rachel Holman rink for the Scotties Championship. They mm-hmm. emerged victorious uh, yesterday, and that's nice for Rachel to get back on the horse. I remember when my wife did something really nice. She got us tickets to an Ottawa Senators game when they were playing the New York Islanders for my birthday. And it was completely unexpected. Hmm. I'm going to say 2017. And it was uh, the week that they had Grey Cup in Ottawa. You might remember the Argonauts won that Grey Cup. And Mm -hmm. we went to the game and we had seats like two rows behind the Islanders bench. And that's one cool thing about Ottawa is that NHL tickets are not crazy expensive like they are in a lot of other places. That's hmm. probably something nice about Winnipeg too. Mm-hmm. And they honored Rachel Holman in her rink that Very night. Good. And that was kind of a phase, like for me, curling has come and gone. Mm-hmm. And that was a time in my world when I wasn't watching a lot of curling. So I thought, oh, there's this new young Ontario rink. Mm-hmm. And they've always been right there. I could not believe because we had our child, um, in early 2021, our oldest daughter, and we're in the hospital with our newborn, and we're watching all the curling. The And Rachel Holman had just given birth, I don't know how many days, but it was like a week or two before, and she was out there curling at the Nationals. Wow. That, that clearly, I've never given birth, but I've uh, been in the room when it happened, and I feel like, to I be feel out like playing a sport a week later, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. I feel like being a father of a child like Mm -hmm. with someone who gave birth you would not want to be out there that quickly no after that happened so don't tell me female curlers aren't tough well and and sometimes we we misunderstand their dedication to the sport like jennifer jones for a long time took a lot of heat because she seemed so businesslike and sometimes Mm -hmm. she would look angry on the ice if things didn't go her way but that's probably what made her an elite athlete and we don't i mean we criticize some elite athletes um, you know, in the other sports like hockey, baseball, football, but not as much. And it was almost an unfair measuring stick. You know, like when Tom Brady slams his helmet yep. because he's mad about something, I don't think we really ridiculed him or gave him a rough time. Well, if you don't play with some kind of intensity, you're not going to be an elite athlete for long, well, unless you're a Toronto Maple Leaf. But other than that, you're not going to be an elite athlete for long because that intensity, that work ethic is is part of what separates the good from the great. You're a big Leaf guy, aren't you? Yeah. So back in the off season when they got rid of, um, what's his name? Dubis. Mm-hmm. Billy Bean 2.0, yep. whatever we want to call him. The did, kid. Did you like the way Shanahan handled all that? Like by going through all the dirty laundry in the press conference and just. Didn't care for it at all, actually. You didn't like that? No. I mean, I see why. Just sort of, well, this is why we're going in a new direction because folks are going to wonder since we've finally made it past 
the first round of the playoffs. So I get that, but no, I, I, I just I don't think Shanahan's done a particularly good job with that team, quite frankly. I thought that that situation, I appreciated that because so rarely do you get that kind of honesty mm-hmm. where they pull back the curtain and just say, this is what happened. Yeah. And, and some well, might Dumas, say that, I guess, opened the door by his news conference, which was alarmingly open and uh, forthcoming. About how he was thinking about spending more time with his family and he wasn't sure that he wanted to continue. Yep. Once he opens that door, I guess as management, you've got to say, time to move on. And that seemed like a bunch of baloney to me because Mm -hmm. I don't think that was ever his plan. I think he was just trying to build any kind of leverage that he could. I think so. Well, as I mentioned earlier in the program, a full generation of Canadians grew up listening to primetime sports as the preeminent sports talk program in this country. And the host of that program for so many years, until they shut it down after he left, was one Bob McCown, who joins us on the line. Bob, have you ever been to Saskatchewan before? Actually, it's one of the few provinces I've never been to, I'm sorry to say. And, uh... What are your first impressions about Saskatchewan? What do you know about the province? I, I remember when Chris Colabello was out here, he was, right before he got nailed for doping, he was at an event in Saskatoon with Joe Montana, and he said, I think it might have been on your program, he had no idea that there was such a legion of fans out here in uh, Saskatchewan. What do you know about our province, Bob? Well, I don't know a whole lot, but I will tell you that um, uh, I have a com- had a company called Purdue Productions, we did television programming, and we did a show on the uh, Saskatoon Junior Hockey Team. And I watched every episode of that, of course. And so I have some familiarity with what you have there. And uh, I'm sure you're, uh, you're very happy. Yes, I remember watching that documentary. Actually, your film production did a very good job. Um, do you still produce documentaries, or do you still have plans to produce films like that one? No, we did, uh, the last one we did was uh, with the Go-Go's, the, uh, the rock band, the all-girl band of the, uh, I guess, 70s and 80s. And uh, we won a bunch of awards for that, but that was the last talk we did. I know that's one of my lifelong bucket lists is to try and do a documentary. We'll see if I get there or not. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you about is you led an effort to have an expansion franchise in the Canadian Football League uh, back in the 1990s in Las Vegas. Uh, As we all know, that franchise, you were not a part of it. Uh, Nick Maletti, who had founded the Cleveland Cavaliers, came in, and he did have the Las Vegas Posse, and that ended in just awful financial ruin and terrible disaster. It was so bad that the posse had to move their last home game of the season on the road. Uh, Did you watch that wreckage from a distance? And did you feel fortunate that you were not a part of that in any way? I didn't feel fortunate. uh, Our game plan and what we presented to the league was totally different from him. We, uh, We were in conjunction with the mayor and we worked with uh, a dozen major hotels of the time. And we had them buy uh, season ticket packages, which they could give or sell to their clientele. And so uh, we were comfortable that what we were doing would be economically viable. And uh, 
you know, make the, the team successful in Vegas. Now, um, Malay didn't do that, and none of that. And uh, he didn't understand the market at all. So I'm not really surprised with his failure. Uh, but I don't, on the honesty, I don't know whether we would have been more successful or not. That's a great question. Yeah, I, I wonder about that myself. And uh, I know that um, you really cornered the market on Bay Street because you are an entrepreneur at heart. And we have a little bit different demographic out here in Saskatchewan. However, we have a lot of self-employed people. We have a lot of farmers and we have a lot of dreamers out here too. So while we're on that topic, um, have you ever wondered if the Canadian Football League could benefit from going after a project in the United States like that again? I'm not sure that it would work. I don't think it's on the end of game plan. You know, they, we uh, I was at the first game ever played was, I believe, in Sacramento, California. And uh, we had a good crowd that night. People were very excited about it. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with the CFL. In fact, I like it. But I'm not sure that going to back to the U.S. would be a good idea. That's a great question, and there would be a lot of uh, complications that would come with that. Our guest on the Western Pizza Hotline is Bob McCown, the king of Canadian sports talk radio. Perfect pizza with a generous amount of toppings, plus Greek food like sublaki, ribs, salads, all the goodness you can't make at home. Call Western Pizza today. Well, speaking of appetites, Bob, uh, pleasure to speak to you first and foremost, but I'm going to ask the question that's probably on a lot of listeners' minds. How are you? How are you feeling? Well, I'm getting better. You know, I had a stroke. I actually had two strokes about seven months ago, and it really uh, knocked me out. I couldn't walk and I couldn't talk. I couldn't even swallow afterwards. I spent five weeks in the hospital, and I've been home recovering since then. So, you know, things are coming along. I'm getting better, but I'm not normal yet by any means. I still have a ways to go. Well, it's glad to hear that you're on the mend, at least. I think I think a lot of folks who listen to your show on a regular basis would not be surprised to know you didn't suffer fools real gladly back in the day, and, and that's one of the things I think a lot of people appreciated about you. Was there anyone in Toronto that you had to deal with on a regular basis that, <clears throat> what's the best way to put this, maybe you wish you didn't have to or was particularly challenging? Well, I don't know about that challenging, but there were a lot of people that I didn't like that I had to deal with, but I was lucky. I, uh, I, uh, I, I managed to avoid many of those people. I had enough. We had a big enough audience. We had a good enough reputation. We had so many guests that we could go another direction if we wanted to. So I didn't have to suffer too many fools. There was the odd time though. I did, you know, but I have a pretty good memory. And if anybody gave me trouble, I uh, I remembered that, <laughs> and I would rarely have them back. I think your determination to tell it like it is, with no fear of how people would react, was probably a big part of your success. Uh, earlier on in this show, uh, we had Jeff Hamilton on from the Winnipeg Free Press to talk about what's happening in Winnipeg and uh, Mark Chipman's complaints about the drop in their season ticket base and how it's not sustainable. And we spoke to a lot of people in Winnipeg and it seemed like 
so many of them were either affiliated with the Jets or through a broadcast agreement that they did not want to come on this program and uh, be perceived as speaking out against the Winnipeg Jets. Do you right. think that, that there's a maybe an, more of an emerging place for someone like a Bob McCown uh, because it seems like so much of the media now works directly for the teams that we need an independent voice and we need more of them? Well, I think we always needed that. And uh, I... You know, Rogers obviously owned the Toronto uh, Rap, the Toronto Blue Jays, and then ultimately a bit of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I was lucky that they didn't uh, corral me into being a homer, if you will. That is not the case anymore. I do a podcast now, and uh, we have run into problems with uh, Rogers companies, the Raptors, the Leafs. And they, they won't give us guests to come on the show because they have their own podcast that they want to prop up. And I think that's, you know, obviously that's, uh, that's a, uh, that sticks in my craw. But I don't think that's fair or honest. And I don't like it at all. But uh, can I do anything about it? Probably not. I don't think it's a question for one person at any time, in any place. I I think that's just the way the media has gone and the way the teams have gone, too. That might be just the way of it, and some people say, well, that's the way it is. doesn't mean that you or Shannon or Pete or I or anyone else has to love it or... Uh or has to comply with it in any way. Um, I know uh, you've you've had a great working relationship with John Shannon, and uh, I remember always seeing his name on the credits and thinking, what the heck does this guy know about being an on-air performer? Because rarely do you see someone in the background then come right. be on-air, and uh, he's reinvented himself. He's done a great job. Outside of Shannon, um, are there any co-hosts that really stick out to you as, God, I loved working with that person. It was a joy to do shows with them. Well, I enjoyed working with everybody. I didn't always get along with everybody, but, you know, I, Bill Waters was my first co-host, and then Jim Hunt for many years, the late Jim Hunt. You know, um, I fought with Damian Cox was my co-host for a while. Damian and I fought occasionally. I, You know, I battled with just about everybody from time to time on certain in, in instances, but... Um, you know, everybody brought something I thought to the show, something positive. And if they didn't, they weren't on very often, right? So I can't even remember how many calls I had, maybe 10. So, you know, it wasn't a small number. It was quite a few people that I worked with. Well, Bob, I think, um, Your show was very popular throughout the 90s and the early 2000s, and it was around 2010 when this show launched, and a lot of the sports talk radio stations launched around the country, and some of them aren't around anymore, but I think that uh, knowing that this show is here to stay, at least the boss is here tell me that, I think we have you to thank for that, Bob, Mm -hmm. because you showed the world what sports talk could be in Canada, and without that, I'm not sure we would have seen the industry emerge the way it did. Uh, I hope we get to chat. That's very nice to say. I, I hope we get to chat again, but uh, whether that's the case or not, I just want to say thank you. This has been a big thrill for me, and I'm sure many of our listeners too. Well, that's great. Thank you very much for calling. You know, I'm happy to do it anytime.
Absolutely. And we will listen to your podcast as well. I always listen to the Sports Cage podcast, the Three Down Nation podcast, and the Bob McCown uh, podcast that you can hear on any podcatcher. Time to break. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM.